0: action welcome to torn snubs the trash movie podcast with me robert gershenson photographer and head of podcasts at trash which could be found at movetotrash.co.uk
1: And Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Wee. It's 1929, and musicians Joe and Jerry, played by Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon, are on the run after witnessing a mob killing. Dressing up as women, they join an all-female band on their way to Miami. But holy smokes! With the mob in pursuit, Joe and Jerry are going to have to work hard if they want to stay alive. And woo charismatic singer Sugar Cane, played by Marilyn Monroe. Oh my.
0: <laughs> so I've been wanting to see some Like It Hot for quite a while. And I don't know why
1: I never put it on before. you would never seen it before? i would never seen it before. Oh, wow. Had you? Yes. Many times? Uh, I think we studied it at uni. I think it was on our, on our reading list. What about it made it part of the curriculum? Um, either it was about the decade, so the 1950s, mm-hmm. or it would have been about um, comedies, like different types of comedy, I guess. So it was a genre thing. Okay. I don't remember, but I'm glad it was. Do you like it? Do you like Some Like It Hot? Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Did you not like it? I did and I didn't. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's it's an odd one. It's it's one of these ones that is revered. When people always talk about old screwball comedies, they always mention Some Like It Hot. And and I I know Tashan did that big book about it they don't do that to many I know there's a Charlie Chaplin book out there there's a James Bond book they did the Kubrick archives and then they did some like it hot Mm -hmm. so I know it's held in high regard I just couldn't see why because it's (laughs) it's a competent film and I can see why people like it because it's zany and it's light and fluffy but I just can't see why it's held in such high
1: regard I think Billy Wilder has done better I think yeah.
0: everyone involved has done better.
1: I think it's the fact that it's just so iconic. It's it's Marilyn Monroe, it's kind of it's four years before she died. Yeah. And this is so Marilyn Monroe got top billing in this film. She was the star of this film. So even though the story is about Joe and Jerry, um, Jack Lemon and Tony Curtis actually have second and third billing after Marilyn Monroe. Um, but she is absolutely at the the top of her powers, and so this film is has become representative of who Marilyn Monroe is as this kind of icon I guess' it's kind of she 's got this mythic quality where Norma Jean is dead, yeah. Marilyn Monroe this is her, as we remember her basically. I just felt it was it started off really well I liked.
0: The gangster stuff. Mm -hmm. And I like the speakeasy stuff. And then as soon as they see the the murder and they flee, they get on the train. And then I just kept thinking, when's the gangster stuff going to happen again? It disappeared for a long time. And then they did this really convoluted
1: love triangle story thing that bored me. I was quite bored by it. It's... It's like a film that should be an hour 20, an hour and a half, and it's over two hours. It's like two hours 10. It's, but is that a sign of the times? Is that the kind of thing where you didn't have TV at home in 1959, you went to the cinema, you went to the theatre, and you wanted to be entertained, and so you got this like two-hour thing where it's, it's kind of sticks, lots of funny shticks. Yeah, it was
0: very <coughs> sketchy, wasn't it? Like, Better lots what? of different sketches from a sketch show all strung together.
1: yeah but i think also it's just because it is billy wilder and he the
0: apotaur of his day
1: well not really because he did like yeah, he did like double indemnity in the Lost weekend and sunset boulevard sunset and, see sunset boulevard i was cuz I, yeah, I i love sunset it's it's boulevard great. and i was
0: expecting something as as high quality as that it was almost like he went from making Shinder's list and then he suddenly went my next
1: film is called the hangover <laughs> Maybe he was a bit tired of kind of sad, depressing, ageing kind of things. I don't know. Maybe. This is just a bit of fun. This is a film that is just unbridled fun. And it doesn't get hung up about anything. So the the things like um, when Tony Curtis decides that he really needs to seduce Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. He decides to be this like British Shell oil company inheritance guy or something. Um, We're going to go on my yacht. It's so so bad. It's an awful English accent. It's really painful, actually. Really painful. (laughs) But the film doesn't give that any weight. It's like he's literally doing it just because he wants to sleep with her. And at first I was a bit like, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about this. But then she's doing it because she wants to get rich. So it's almost like a, a film about a load of idiots just literally screwing each other over. Yeah. Um, it's very screwball. It's very screwball.
0: I didn't understand why he was faking impotence in order to sleep with her because she was game from the get-go, and he tripped her up on the beach. She, he, you know, he could have got his dick out; and she would have sucked
1: it there and then. But he didn't. He didn't know that necessarily, did he? It was the fifties. He didn't know if she was going to go all the way or not. Bollocks! He knew. <laughs> but why? But,
0: you know, he could tell that she was in, in interested. Why then put up this roadblock of,
1: oh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got the psychological thing. Yeah, it's just silly, isn't it? It's just kind of he's sedu- he's trying to seduce her by by doing the opposite. So like he's doing that thing where it's like, oh you want me? You can't have me, you can't have me, you can't have it me. It makes yeah.
0: no sense. The yeah. train scene, my god, it went on forever. Where were they going? That train went on forever. The train scene, where yeah, they, they
1: first were, yeah, because they were crossing America, they were going to Miami. So just it's a sleeper train. There was they were sleeping overnight on the train.
0: There was no sleeping done.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know that's hilarious.
0: I just thought them with the jokes.
1: <laughs> there are so many jokes. <laughs> that I found funny. It's personal taste. It's definitely personal okay. taste. It's very old school humour. Yeah. So like Curtis, like Tony Curtis at one point says, he's got an empty stomach and it's gone to his head. And it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they were like,
0: you can't have any sugar. We need some butter. But they actually mean like, I'd yeah. like to put my willy inside someone. Yeah. And-,
1: and it's actually quite racy. Like there's that bit where um, when, when they actually are dressed up as women, um there's one of the girls in the band says don't you bulge and lemon's like oh it's fine it's because he doesn't wear a corset yeah but he just kind of has this look and it's actually quite really quite racy humor for the 50s
0: i would have liked i would have liked to have seen them trial and error because it, it goes from having the idea to dress up as women to being fully dressed up as women yeah. with no explanation of how that happened shutting <laughs> down the 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 train platform I would have yeah. liked, you know, a Mrs. Doubtfire moment where yeah. we're 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 riffing back and forth between this wig will look good on you, maybe these shoes, maybe these stockings.
1: Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? How they just suddenly go? Oh, I guess we're just going to be women then. Yeah, and they just do it because they...
0: that that robbed me of a a lot a lot of comedy could have come out of that. Uh-huh. But also, it robbed me of an insight into those two characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah, how did they create their characters? Yeah. Like, I loved Daphne Jack Lemon, She's so funny. The, See, the expressions uh, were just brilliant. I didn't. It really grated. Really? And I expected more from Jack Lemon. I mean, it was a
0: one-note character with a one-note performance. If, I, if he did that big laugh with that fucking grin and that <laughs> massive mouth one more time, I was just... I, was, I found it a real struggle to get through the film. Oh, no. I had to watch it in, like, three... I mean that's, that's normal for you Rob. No, I could easily sit there and watch, you know, a 4-hour movie uh-huh. in one go. I can watch long movies. I can watch JFK in one go. Okay. 2001, boom, I can watch it in one go. Barry Lyndon, 3 hours, boom. So anything by Kubrick you can watch in <laughs> one <by> go by Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> I love a long movie, you know, I, I love the Godfather trilogy. I could watch them all in one day. Uh-huh. All three of them, okay. like a massive marathon. I I will draw the line at fucking hobbits. Oh well, no one I wants won't watch to those. That. But I did find this a a, a slog and, you know, I got to an hour and 10 minutes in and I was thinking, I'm not connecting with the film. I'm not finding it funny. Mm. What is the story? Because we've gone from this gangster shtick thing to this really weird, almost hashtag me too (laughs) kind of love thing going on where he's trying to convince her and
1: everyone's a bit touchy feely. Yeah. Um, and I was getting bored and I just wanted it to be finished. <laughs> it does slightly outstares welcome. I think that one of the great things about it is the, the guy who plays the older gent who falls for Daphne. Joe E. Brown, he plays Osgood, what's his face, who falls for Daphne. Yeah. And he's like, he is not going to give up. He no, he is He is, is going to get that woman to be his seventh or eighth wife. Yeah. And he's, he's really funny. And like, in a, this film, a lot of the humour comes from people acting really inappropriately. And it kind of... A lot of the men, well, basically all of the men are either, like, pigs or criminals. Yeah. So, and often both. Um, But so all the guys are always coming on to Daphne and... um, What's the the other one called? Uh, Josephine. Yes. And without that, like, that's obviously... That's a... That's a gambit. That's like something that they did to get humor into the film. Because if the guys weren't leches and, and you know, Daphne and Joseph, I keep wanting to say Daphne and Celeste, but it's not. <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> oh, God. But without that kind of that joke, the film doesn't really work. No. Yeah. But also, but also it kind of invites you to suspend your disbelief because if all these guys think they really are women, then we may as well think that as well. Um, but Jerry Brown, I thought, was great. And obviously, he gets that great final line when he says, oh, nobody's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I'm really... a man. Well, oh, nobody's perfect. It's great. Do so you think he knew Jack Lemmon was a man all along? I don't know. I love how it's really ambiguous. This film is, like, is weirdly forward-thinking about the fluidity yeah. of gender. Like, Jack Lemmon essentially brainwashes himself into believing that he's a woman. Yeah. It's and, like, I'm a girl, I'm a girl, I'm a girl, I'm a girl. And, and Tony so Curtis
0: is, is, is saying, like... There's laws, conventions. It's just not done. Yeah. Keep telling yourself you're a boy. You're a boy. You're a boy. You're a boy.
1: Yeah. But he's he's almost gone too far into being a woman, and he's just yeah. identifying now as a woman. And the film isn't complex enough to, to kind of explore whether or not he was latently gender fluid or not. You yeah. Know, he doesn't really care about that. Um. But it's it's surprisingly forward-thinking. I was I was I was pleasantly surprised. I was about surprised it. at how
0: little homophobia and transphobia yeah. there was. There was yeah. all, it was like apart from the bit when apart from the bit when Jack Lemon first suggests dressing up as a woman and Tony Curtis says no. Mm. That's the only resistance.
1: Yeah, and afterwards they're just they're kind of pretty much okay with it.
0: Yeah, no one was labelled a pervert. Yeah. No one was was, you know, you're a you're a homosexual, you're, you're a, a woolly woofter. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: It's all very much accepted. Even when Marilyn Monroe finds out Yeah, she's perfectly fine with it. Who made the better
1: woman, Jack or Tony? Um, Tony had a surprisingly good female voice. Like, Jack's voice was just Jack Lemon. Yeah. Um, But I think he looked more like a slightly odd-looking woman. Who? Jack. Jack, yeah. Whereas Tony didn't... Tony had kind of like a weirdly regal, handsome female face, and he had the voice, but I didn't really believe ever that he was a woman.
0: For me, it's Tony Curtis. Oh, really? Well,
1: he's got those cheekbones, and he always looked like it's he was nose. wearing mascara. No, it's the nose. I couldn't get past Tony Curtis's nose. Really? Yeah. I just i just looked at him and
0: thought... Like, that first bit where they're walking down the, yeah. the train, and Tony Curtis is jigging his shoulders back and forth, and he's got the the fur thing on. Yeah. He just looked brilliant.
1: He's like Jello on springs.
0: Yeah, he's just... He looks brilliant, because he, he's got the eyes,
1: he's got the cheekbones. Jack Lemon just looked like a thumb. <laughs> like a podgy thumb with a bonnet on. I thought he was so great. I loved him as Daphne, and I'm really glad that at the end of the film, he essentially was just Daphne by then. I, I really enjoyed watching... I mean, I didn't fully hate the film. No, okay. Good. I enjoyed... It's possible to hate it. I enjoyed the
0: banter between the two of them, and I did start thinking, are they... Trying to it's Billy Wilder trying to communicate to us that they're actually gay. Yeah.
1: Or at least bisexual. Are they a couple? Yeah. I don't think so. They're just buddies in a band, aren't they? And and also Tony Curtis is constantly wooing all these women and then letting them down. It's like he's a serial But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's no, no, not true. with Jack Lemon. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they are maybe they were meant to be kind of a couple. And he just has a weird fetish where he sometimes likes women because he what bisexual yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) because tony curtis gets really jealous when jack lemon suddenly says i'm gonna marry this guy does he get jealous or does he just get a bit confused he gets pretty angry about it that's when that's that's the bit where he says there are conventions there's laws you can't do it keep telling yourself Mm -hmm. you're a boy you're a boy you're a boy
1: yeah i want you to be a boy because i like you that way potentially maybe yeah if I, were, if I had a choice between watching this and Sister Act, which basically has the exact same plot, yeah. I would choose Sister Act every time. Um, is that because there's a connection to your youth there? There is, but also I just think it's funnier. And it plays up that kind of situational comedy a little bit better than Some Like It Hot does. But it also threads the gangster element yeah, a it lot better because it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't just stop
0: the gangster element for an hour and a half and then bring it back in for a bit of a finale.
1: Yeah, like when the gangsters come back at the end of Some Like It Hot, you're kind of like, oh yeah, oh okay. I'll I was happy
0: when Spats walked in. <laughs> spats. That's what his name, right? The guy yeah. with the, the spats. Yeah, yeah. When he walked in and you just see his spats and then the yeah. camera pulls up and it's him and his like his, you
1: know, through goose. Goose hate, boss. I'm going to get that for you, boss. Like the cauliflower ears. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> cauliflower time... Cauliflower ears. <laughs> Such an old saying. <laughs> <laughs> the only time that this film feels like Billy Wilder, I think, is when you see people getting mowed down with machine guns. Because that is actually really quite... Violent. That yeah, is really violent. But it's always off-camera as well. It's not... No, because when Spats gets shot at the end, you see him actually getting shot and there's blood on his, blood and his, on his You don't
0: see him getting shot. You see immediately afterwards and then there's blood. No, no. You see him getting shot off the chair. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah Oh, God. I, I just, was
1: like, oh, he's been shot.
0: I think the, the the quippy dialogue is pure Wilder as well.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the interplay between the characters and, yeah. I, um... I just don't think it's the strongest in Wilder's filmography have you seen much of marilyn monroe's back catalog?
0: no but she was brilliant yeah in this film she is so childlike and goofy and funny and sexy yeah i was i was really
1: surprised she's really great in this she's film. phenomenal because she could easily just be this really flimsy kind of let's just ogle her. And yeah. the camera really does try to ogle her. She's always got see-through top dresses on and the lighting is very much kind of, oh, look at me, I'm so beautiful. Yeah, she is... They could have just... She could have just been relegated to tits and ass. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, instead she brings tits and ass and an attitude and a real co- perfect comedy timing. And a really bizarre singing voice. Is yeah, it? I don't know. I've always... It's such a bizarre... It's so ingrained in our popular culture, though, that I've never really thought about it. You don't step back and listen to it. It's such a bizarre voice. It's like she's not a singer, but she is a singer. It's really bizarre. When she sings, I want to be loved by you, that is just Well, that's the iconic, isn't it? Pure magic. That's the iconic song. And she sings that song while... So she she performs the song, and then in between beats of the song, she's acting yeah. her confusion about where her lover boy is. It's so clever. She just seamlessly goes in and out of performing this song and acting something else. It's great. I didn't buy
0: that she was falling in love with him after knowing him for a day and a half.
1: No, she wants his money. That's the whole point. But she fell in love with him. Oh, uh, yeah, that's because she's singing that song
0: at the end I'm through with love. Yeah. Because he's left her. Yeah. I've left you. I've got to
1: go. Something's gone wrong with the company. It doesn't necessarily mean she's fallen in love with him. I think that she has pinned all her hopes on this exciting development in her life.
0: But the song is called I'm through with love. And I i got I got the hurt. Yeah. Like I could I could you know, I believed that she was hurt and she was lovelorn. But I as a viewer mm. I just didn't buy that
1: someone would fall in love that quickly I mean you can't say if they would or they wouldn't but also it doesn't mean that she's through with love that she thought she had it means she's through with the potential for love that she saw in this guy it doesn't mean that she's actually in love with him It means she's I needy think. as fuck <laughs> I just think that it, she's now this was her big year 19 1950 was her big year so nine years before this film so like in a, in a, within the space of a decade, she went from being a bit part nobody to the biggest thing in Hollywood. You know, the fifties were her were her decade, and then she was dead four years later, yeah. or three years later. No, sorry, she died in nineteen sixty two. Yeah. So she so this is like two three years before this. Yeah. Uh, after this. Yeah. She did two two three films after this film. She. Um, Yeah, like she did Asphalt Jungle and All About Eve in 1950, which turned her into a superstar. Like she was up there with the big hitters. This might be the only thing I've seen her in. You should watch All About Eve. She's not a huge role, but she's in it and she's great in it. And that kind of cemented her as, you know, the one to watch. And then she just had a series of hits like Gentlemen Prefer, Prefer Blondes, How to Marry a Millionaire, Seven Year Rich, The Prince and the Showgirl. And she's great in all of them. My friend Kirsty is actually, like, the number one Marilyn fan. Really? She loves her. She thinks she's amazing. I asked her why she loves Marilyn so much, because I was kind of like, she's just become this mythic figure that we don't really know who she is as a person yeah. anymore. people know um, her face,
0: but they don't know her body of work.
1: Right, exactly. Um, and my friend Kirsty said that she was ahead of her time, and her story was one of triumph over adversity, because her mother was really unwell, and she actually, I think her mother got... Um, sectioned and put into hospital and like it's really really tragic she was she was not this bubbly bottle blonde she was Norma jean she was this kind of brunette really quite tragic figure but she was way ahead of her time like apparently she set up her own production company she spoke her mind she there was this very specific um event where there was a black female singer who Marilyn went to watch and Marilyn Monroe made sure she was in the front row you know, she was seen watching this black female singer because she, it was a big deal to, to do that. And back in the day, it's just really tragic. You, you know, when you start she ended thinking, up in a hotel room on her own with pills. Yeah. Yeah. Like Heath Ledger, like Whitney Houston. Yeah. You know, is a. it pressure Now's. of... Amy Whitehouse is the pressure of fame that does this to people. Can you only burn so bright before you fizzle out? She was also fucking the president, wasn't she? Oh, well, there is that as well. She was fucking JFK, wasn't she? Because she sang Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Yes, she did. And then Jerry Halliwell did that to Prince Charles. (laughs) Didn't have quite the same effect. No, well, neither can sing. Neither can sing.
0: I just wonder, what am I not seeing or feeling that other people do? So I've got a friend called Charlie who, when I messaged, I'm watching this movie for the podcast. He said... That is in my all-time top five. Gosh. It does something to my heart. Like, I can feel it swelling inside my chest when I watch it. Oh, wow. So either he's got a heart problem, yeah. or this, he connects with this film in the way that I'm not. So I wonder, what am I missing that other
1: people are getting? What, what am I not feeling or, or, or seeing that other people feel and see? Is it one of those films that you put on, on like a Sunday lazy Sunday afternoon when you're kind of maybe slightly hung over from the night before you just want like a warm hug of a film is that is this one of those films I mean it's not for me because no for I me that's films. Die Hard <laughs> 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 your warm hug of a film is John McClane <laughs> damn motherfuckers Die Hard's amazing yeah I mean yeah it is amazing but is it one of those check your brain at the door kind of films and you get the feels and maybe you had to watch it when you were younger Maybe. Like, when I Maybe watch that's it, now, it yeah. I still feel, I still like it in the way that I did 10 years ago at uni.
0: So I never studied it at uni. We did Brett Karim for a dream.
1: Yeah, we, I didn't. I think that was in the syllabus, but I didn't watch it. <laughs> it's what, one of the reasons why I can't watch it anymore. Yeah, because you watched it over and over again. Yeah, and I, yeah. I never liked it in the
0: first place. It's <laughs> such a depressing movie. Yeah, And I've just gone from like, this, this film's too happy. <laughs> so that one's too depressing. This one is just right. Somewhere in the middle was Die Hard. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that was Some Like It Hot directed by Billy Wilder. Do you like it hot? Do you like Some Like It Hot? Do you like Like Some Like It Hot Like It Hot? If you do, then let us know on Torn Stubs Pod. I've gone into Tony Curtis. I'm going to talk like this now. Do you want to give us a five-star rating? All right, Thanks. I've got to go get my five-star rating.
0: (laughs) If you like film, TV, music, and culture, head to movetotrash.co.uk. We're up for another cup of coffee. Do you remember the guy at the Uh. beginning was like, I want a cup of coffee. He was so good. (laughs) That made me laugh. I
1: want a coffee.
0: I want my cup of coffee. (laughs) Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut.